Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of our professional perspective series of What Cause Inspires You. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and today I have with me Mateen Kaligi. What Cause Inspires You is a podcast founded for students ages 13 to 21 to be able to share the service they're doing in their communities. We recently launched our professional perspective series in order for experts in their field to give insight to our youth about how to make a stronger impact and accelerate social justice movements. Mateen is an incoming first year at Harvard College. In addition to academics, Mateen's passionate about helping those who are less fortunate. Inspired by his project in his Building a Better Community class in eighth grade, Mateen was motivated to do something more to help those in need. He is the founder of a 501c3 youth-led nonprofit called eEqual. As the executive director, Mateen helped the organization develop a teen-led board of directors, which creates life changes for students in poverty and experiencing homelessness. Also, he is involved in his Baha'i religious community, serving as a children's class teacher, as also an author of Baha'iteachings.org, Mateen is also the Ashoka Young Changemaker, a TEDx speaker, a Prudential Spirit of Community Distinguished Finalist, and a three-time winner of the President's Volunteer Service Award. Thank you so much for having being on here with us today, Mateen. Thank you. Thank you for that warm intro, Alicia. I'm glad to be here. Of course. This podcast series will be available on Spotify and YouTube under Humanity Rising Voices. Ready to begin? Let's do it. Awesome. So let's just start with the basics. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the story behind eEqual um, and why it started? Yeah, so eEqual came as a result of a transition from a nonprofit that I actually created when I was in eighth grade. So when I was in eighth grade, as you were saying before, I took a community service class, so I was centered around doing something positive. And then from there, a close friend of mine and I founded Helping the Homeless Colorado, and we were just passionate eighth graders with the only mission that we had was like, let's do something positive. So from there, we worked on helping the homeless Colorado through all of high school. We raised over $100,000. We um, held benefit galas. We financed scholarships to send homeless students to college. We provided basic necessities to people out on the streets. And then around the fall of my senior year, we hit two major roadblocks. And one was I was going to be graduating that spring, so we had to figure out what are we going to do with this organization. And then two, um, a lot of Helping the Homeless Colorado's programs served as like a band-aid to a larger problem, right? So uh, we thought, what if we could make the organization more expansive and more effective? And that's where Equal came in. Um, so this past summer, we just launched Equal. It's a little bit of a new mission, which I'm happy to talk about more, um, but it's uh, taking from the roots from Helping the Homeless Colorado. Awesome. Yeah. Why don't you expand a little bit more about this new mission? Yeah. So equal, we're still a youth led nonprofit. Um, we basically took what was the most successful parts of helping the homeless Colorado and then added to it. Um, so basically equal works in two pillars. We call it inform and perform. So on the perform side of the nonprofit, we do everything from providing basic classroom supplies, we finance scholarships to send homeless students to college, and then we're even introducing a microgrant program that covers the costs that come with public education. So what I mean by that is like when all of us come home and say, hey, mom, dad, I need $50 for a new graphing calculator. I need to go on this field trip. I need a new computer, all that stuff, which is asks that uh, we have a lot of privilege to make, but not a lot of students can do that. So this microgrant program should hopefully alleviate some of that cost. 
on the other side of the nonprofit, um, we have what we call Inform, which is basically uh, meeting Gen Z on social media. Um, we create social awareness campaigns and um, try and inspire young people to first take part in the nonprofit, but be passionate activists about education equality. Wow, those are two amazing goals. Um, and I know you've done a lot to work on both of them. But I especially like how you mentioned um, really going from the root of the problem. I think that's uh, really important. And sometimes kind of the other side of it is not sufficient enough to alleviate the problem from where it's starting. Um, so you did mention two main roadblocks, but in the context of building your organization, what's been the most challenging part? Yeah, I would say uh, building the programs behind Equal were super challenging because, you know, we're dealing with a population that is not as easy to interact with, right? Because, you know, you can understand the social pressures of admitting you have less, right? Like no one wants to go to their class and say, well, I can't pay for this. I can't take this test because I can't afford it. That's like a huge stigma we have, which we're working on. Um, but the second part is like, we, you can't directly interact with this population as easily. So making programs that are truly effective take a lot more effort, right? So we can do all the research and all the reading, but if kids don't come forward to actually use the program, then we're still missing the boat. So creating everything from the uh, the concept behind the Equal Experience Fund, for example, like that micro-grant program, uh, took a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of, um, okay, so like this would work, but this wouldn't. Okay, this could work, but now it's not answering the solution. So it was a lot of back and forth. So program development was super, super challenging, but we're super excited to begin our pilot phase, um, hopefully at the beginning of 2021 um, for all of our programs, except for our scholarship, which is already happening. But other than that, the other two are going through their pilot soon. That's amazing and definitely expect big, big things from this program. Um, I especially like the inform section of it um, also actually, because I think the youth have the power to especially change those stigmas, you know, um, admitting weaknesses, admitting that it's okay to reach out for help when needed, um, whether that be financially or emotionally. So I think that's gonna make a change in um, education in general and in especially the homelessness community. So um, in that respect, what motivates you to continue doing the work that you're doing? Have you seen significant changes happen? Yeah, I would say, you know, I have two big motivations. One is meeting our scholars. So uh, with Helping the Homeless Colorado, we had about five kids go through our scholarship program. We took them from being young adults who wanted to go to college who wouldn't be able to do so. And now uh, two of them has just graduated from our program. So one is now a vet tech. The other one is uh, just transferred to a four-year institution on a full ride. So just seeing like how these students are very similar to me as, you know, they're in college or they're ahead of me in that perspective, right? Because I'm on my way. Um, but they are dealing with homelessness and not knowing where they're going to be spending the night and not knowing where the next meal is going to be, but they're dedicated to get, to get their education done. And I think that's a big motivation. First, for me as a person, like, they can do it, I can do it too, but also that, you know, it should be our responsibility to give these students that extra chance. And then on the other hand, I think our team, um, I get to work with a bunch of amazing youth who are excited about making a difference, who, if you guys talk to, you probably think they're like 40 year olds, but they're not, <laughs> like they're still in high school, right? Like yeah. the yeah. amount of effort they're placing into the organization and their dedication to it is truly inspiring. And it's always nice to see like 
what I started with, what Alyssa and I, my co-founder and I started with just an idea. And now that idea is not really mine anymore, right? Like it's everyone's working towards it, um, which is really beautiful to see. That's simply amazing. Um, and I like what you mentioned about finding motivation from that community that you're helping. Cause I think that just goes to show that at the core, we are all humans and we're all made from the same thing. Right. So it's our responsibility therefore to give back the privilege that we have. Um, but you had mentioned working with an extensive team um, and your co-founder. So what's the most valuable lesson that you've learned in leadership and teamwork so far? Um, one thing that I've, has been very important to me recently is spending more time listening than talking. So when it comes from a founder's perspective, uh, it's it's sometimes hard to shut up in the easiest ways to say it, right? Because yeah. um, you have this idea and you have a vision for it. And then sometimes you're so close on what you think it, it should be that you lose out on all these opportunities if you just took the time to listen. Uh, and what I've realized is like, you know, at the beginning, I was training a lot of our team members, right? Because I was like, okay, I've started this and like, here's what I know and I'm going to show you all that. But now in a sense, um, they are, if not like just as much, but more advanced at their work and um, fully capable of bringing ideas to the table. So it's important for me as like a founder not to get too excited about what I think was our my vision from the start and be like, you know, this is a team effort and really strain to that. So I've been working on that a lot more <laughs> recently. Um, so yeah, that's been something valuable to recognize. It's like always... Uh, spend more time listening than you do talking. <laughs> yep, I'm right there with you on that. Uh, we actually just had to do a critical thinking piece in one of my college classes. And it was a worksheet, you know, similar to high school worksheets that you fill out. And I'm like, why am I doing this? But one of the questions was, um, what's your weakness as a critical thinker? And I answered listening. <laughs> right. I think that oftentimes we get so caught up in our own ideas because not because we want to shut down other people's ideas, right. but I think merely because we're excited, like you mentioned. Um, yeah. We have a vision and we're excited and we want that vision to work out. But I do think everyone brings so much value to the team. And I can speak from experience, you know, working with the Humanity Rising team. I think every part of that team plays a really crucial role and they all have their spe specializations. So yeah, um, definitely, sure. definitely listening um, for <laughs> you and me both. But what other advice do you have for any aspiring entrepreneur who kind of wants to follow in your footsteps? I think the biggest piece of advice that I always like to give is make sure you know and have spent the time to learn. So this is that listening piece again about the population you're trying to serve. Um, because what I think happens a lot is we make false assumptions, right? So my best example is helping the homeless Colorado. Uh, it was founded in the, an uneducated enough assumption that we think, okay, because people are homeless and out on the streets, what they need is shampoo and lotion and basic necessities that's going to help them get to their, uh, help them get off the streets good enough. And, you know, we were eighth graders at the time. Like it was very, you know, we can do something. But once we started to interact with the population more, we learned, oh my gosh, this issue of homelessness is way more. And I think that obviously came with some growth with age, right? Like we started yeah. to not be as, sure. okay, it's, it's more than just basic necessities, but also like 
none of the programs we could have created would happen effectively if we didn't talk to who we're trying to serve, right? So again, that piece of me being the excited like ideas, it, it does nothing if it's not gonna be used by the people that we're trying to support. So always listening and always uh, checking in with the population you're trying to serve is super, super important. I feel a very valuable lesson uh, that we, we learned in the hard way, in a sense, but it was <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we did it the second time around. <laughs> hey, any, any time is better than none, right? Um, right? But I think that interact piece is actually super important because it's easy for us to say, yes, I want to help, um, and then kind of sit on a pedestal and, again, make those assumptions like, oh, this is what I think needs that population needs but once we actually interact with them once we get on their level and see them as say i think almost the same as us at core i think that empathic side of us is able to come out and really touch them where where it's needed um which i think is perfect that you were able to see that and gradually adapt to fit yeah. those needs um and obviously make the impact that you're making today is partially due to that that realization so that's amazing um, but what's what's next for you? So how can people get involved in the organization? Where do you see um, Equal going in the future? Yeah, so um, we're in an interesting world right now, for sure. Um, when we first thought of Equal, it was probably going to be like in one month. It'll be like a year since the idea was born. Um, so we spent about nine months building the organization before we even told anyone about it, which was super fun. Um, so, you know, when we were building it, it wasn't in the sense that it should be in a coronavirus world. And now it's changed a lot, but I think it's also taught us a lot, right? Um, so I think for us, our goal is really to get our programs piloted and proof of concept uh, even more. And then after that, we really want to start launching Equal to be more than just an organization that happens in Colorado. We want student leaders from across the nation to join us in starting school clubs that are related to Equal that uh, you can help with anything from passing out classroom supplies to um, helping us with our campaigns and uh, things like that. So there's going to be a lot of options there. Um, but right now, uh, for us in the context of Equal, I'm spending this year first on like making the programs work and then raising money and then also team development. Uh, we started with what, six members um, and now we've grown significantly, but uh, there's gonna be so many opportunities this year to continually add more positions as the organization's ready for it. So if you're interested in that, I'd recommend following us on social media at Equal Nonprofit and there'll be announcements about new positions. And then there's so many other ways you can get involved with our um, social campaigns and eventually with chapters uh, and things like that. So there's a lot of exciting stuff coming. Awesome, love to hear it. And to all of our Gen Z out there, I'm sure yeah. you can help on the social media side and the awareness building side. I think that's what we love to do more than anything is post online. So if you can make that posting help others learn and inspire other change makers, I think it's all worth it. Um, but thank you so much, Mateen. Uh, this is great and really insightful. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was so great being on. Of course. Um, and like you mentioned, you can find more about his work at um, e equal nonprofit or um, e equal.org. But that's all we have for today. But be sure to make look out for more professional perspective episodes on what cause inspires you. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and I hope you all continue changing the world.